Welcome to the Sports and Shit Podcast presented by Anchor. Your hosts each week are Maddie. But it burned. For me and her, it burned. There was a burning. And the multi-talented Smitty. There's worse ways to go than eating grilled cheese every day and having sex every day. If you like sports sprinkled in with a little bit of shit, then this podcast is for you. Now, here are your hosts, Maddie and Smitty. Welcome to the Sports Your Shit Podcast with Maddie and Smitty. It is presented by Anchor and done through the Anchor app. You can download the Anchor app and give it a shot. You can have your own podcast. It's free. And they, the best thing about it is that they actually distribute to all different platforms for you. So get on Anchor and try a podcast and we'll see if it's as good as ours, I guess. I am Maddie. And let's bring in my co-host for another great episode. It's season two. It's episode nine. And he is a former Easter Bunny. <laughs> it's Smitty, <laughs> formerly known as the Easter Bunny. Yeah, among my hop, many talents. Hop, hoppity, hop, hop. Easter's on his yeah. way. Yeah, Easter, Easter's on his way. When is Easter? It's it changes. It's I don't it's know. The one holiday that well, changes. Uh, why? It's crazy. I mean, our whole childhood, right? Easter was in April, as far as I remember. It was. It, I, I've never remembered it in March. Yeah, all. and then now yeah. all of a sudden it's in March, like half the yeah, time. Whenever. Yeah, whenever. No, whenever we're ready as Catholics. Yeah. Did, they, did, did that mean that Lent gets shortened? What I mean, what happens with that? Well, Lent, see, I'm Irish Catholic, and I've never really celebrated Lent, which means I'm really not a good Catholic at all. Uh, at all. So uh, Friday, I eat the hell out of meat and uh, so forth. Growing up, I didn't like seafood. It was an issue. I didn't yeah. like seafood right. growing up. So my father would make these codfish cakes that stunk to high heaven. Oh, so they were yeah. like canned. They mm. were just awful and he'd make those like on a friday in lent or we'd have fish sticks or we'd have haddock or something and i just i'd have a peanut butter sandwich like i just i just couldn't do it so that was really i sort of didn't like lent at all uh as, as a kid because that's all i really correlated it to was 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 eating seafood or having seafood smell in my home yeah that's terrible you know is, is 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 it supposed to be a celebration aren't you supposed to give something up you're supposed to give up the in Lent. You're supposed to give up, well, meat on Friday, and you're supposed yeah. to give something up, almost like a resolution type of thing. You're right. supposed to give up, like, sweets, or you give up some vice, you know, yeah. that you, you know, you'd have to give up, you know, your your air your arum of women or whatever, you know, whatever you, whatever <laughs> that you doesn't, choose. It doesn't really advice. sound like a, it doesn't really sound like a celebration to me. No, it's not a celebration at all. It's more, really. it seems like a giant pain in the ass is what yeah, it seems it's, like. It's sort of a burden. Right. No offense. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, that's but probably it what it's supposed to be, right? It is supposed to be a burden on you. Well, it's supposed to be. It's supposed, supposed to be, be like. And I don't really know the history of it because, uh, again, I'm a very lazy Catholic. <laughs> uh, so I shouldn't really even speak about it. But I, I do know that it is uh, something that needs to be taken from you. So you, you learn, you know, to be without or something. I don't know. I mean, that's, you know. I don't know what it is either. And I took a year of religion class in seventh grade when I was in private school, in Catholic school. I went to wow. a Catholic private school as one of, the, one of the three Protestant kids there. Hey, so that's... we had to go to chapel every Monday. And then we had a big church service every month. I had to take religion class every day in school. Every day. Yeah. And uh, so you probably took more religion than I did as a Catholic. Probably. I did take religion in... in uh... I mean, freshman year, I had to take two of them at St. Joe's in college. Oh, okay. I had to take two religious courses, and I couldn't, I couldn't tell you any of the material covered at all. 
I mean, it was 8 a.m. on a, on a Friday. Oh, that's terrible. You know, that type of thing. And, you know, I mean, come on, Father Sullivan, God rest his soul. Hopefully. So <laughs> that, uh, yeah, so that's. Uh, hopefully he's so dead or hopefully he's resting? No, no, hopefully he's resting. Okay. His soul is resting. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no offense. I mean, I didn't like this class, but hell of a guy. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, so there it is. We are sponsored by Lost Brewing and they sponsor the news every week. So the news is brought to you by Lost Brewing, a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. Live music every Thursday at 630. Use coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Visit www.lopsbrewing.com and follow at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. And it's getting closer and closer. 60s this week. Yes. Smitty. 60s. So that means down to the, the outside seating. Go down there. Check yes. it out. Now, see, if I, was, if I was Catholic and I had to give up something for Lent, a vice for Lent, mm. it would probably be beer. Yeah, and I, and you I have one or two, and you know, one or two settling in at night. You know, you, <laughs> not every day. You know, not every I'm day. Trying not to, I'm trying not to call you an alcoholic. I appreciate that. But, yeah, not uh, every day. Not it's every casual. Day. It's social. Well, it's yeah. demented and sad, but it's social. <laughs> right. And, see, that would be something you'd give up. Yeah. And, see, that would be too hard for me. I couldn't do it. I couldn't yeah, do it. But, uh, it's too good. Know, for me, it would be probably like some sort of food because I love food so much. You know, something like that. Uh, I have given up quite a bit of carbs. I eat some here and there because of my diet, but I have to give up something that I just, oh, dunks would probably be the thing. Oh, yeah. So I go to dunks every single day, yeah. twice a day, really, which is a, a vice in itself. There you go. For sure. So the news is brought to you by Lost Brewing. And the first item, Mass Man has conned three women out of $500,000 in romance scams, feds say. Have you ever been a victim of a romance scam? I have not. I have no. not. No. This is one of those catfishing type of things where they'll, on some online thing, I think they'll tell you, like, I'm, I'm this voluptuous woman, and I can't believe people take the bait on this stuff. Oh, like, I can't either. Here's, the, here's the thing, Harry. You are a 60-year-old man who looks like death warmed over, and uh, Natalie or Nikita or whatever the hell her name is, who's 28 and looks like something cut out of a magazine, is not interested in you, dude. This is not a dream scenario. This is, this is fake, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> and I just don't get it. Allegedly, Kofi Osai is the name. Allegedly used fake names on dating sites and opened bank accounts using passports with aliases. Okay, he told women he met at online dating sites fantastic stories about being involved in explosions on foreign oral rigs and needing money to get out of a French jail to scam them out of more than $500,000. Are you that, are you that gullible? Especially now, people during the pandemic, I mean, they're probably lonely. Yeah, they you know, are. Looking I mean, they for are. some companionship and stuff. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> I get how, is, how is he emailing you if he's in a French jail, lady? Yeah, he's smarting up. <laughs> right, right. Get me out of this French jail. Hold on, I'm, I'm hooking up to the Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my Lord. I mean... Oh, hold on. The, the, the sheriff just <laughs> delivered my, delivered my glass of wine and my hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> I mean, for crying out loud. Hold on. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, mean, I just don't know. But that, that happened. Massachusetts man got after it. 500 wow. grand. I mean, I just can't believe it. You know, I wonder how long it takes for a guy like that to get his, to get his money, to get his victims going. Like, it must be a process. There's yeah. some chivalry and scamming. Right. You probably have to you probably have to put in some time, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's not time. it's not first date, you know, um no. first contact no. online, you know. 
No. Oh, I'm jumping off a jumping off an oil rig right now. <laughs> Send me a hundred grand before I drown. <laughs> Catch me falling. Yeah, I don't think so. Probably think not. So. so speaking of vices, here is a New York Post article about why sugar, cheese, and fast food are more addictive than heroin. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I find that as a as a friend of heroin addicts, I find that offensive. I really do. I mean, I mean, those poor heroin addicts are, are offended by this. I mean, how would you not be? Sugar, cheese, and fast food are not more addictive than heroin. I don't think so. I, don't, I just I just don't think so. I don't think so. I think I've, I could give up Dunkin' Donuts, and I have given up Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. I don't know if I could give up heroin. You know, I've never tried heroin, so I don't know right. whether or not I could give it up. I'm going right. to lean towards no. Right. And say, say that right. I, I probably could give up cheese and fast food. And, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I could, I could say to myself, okay, like you don't go in to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start eating fast food thinking that you might get addicted and, and die of it. But in heroin, you, you do sort of hesitate to start heroin because you know, it's addictive. You know what I'm saying? So right there, yeah. that's, that's a falsehood. That's a falsehood. So I believe, a, I believe that's correct. That just doesn't, doesn't jive. You know what can be addicting? Are those foolish little peanut butter peanut butter cups, Reese's peanut butter cups? Oh yeah, I can eat the, can eat the sh- sh- shit out of those. I love me some peanut butter cups. Sure. Oh my god! So they have this peanut butter peanut butter cup now. So the coating is peanut butter, just a peanut butter coating with the peanut butter inside. That's what's coming out right now. So a peanut butter flavored coating on it. Why don't you just get a jar of fucking peanut butter? I know. I mean, I would eat. I would eat a jar of peanut butter too. But you yeah. know that commercial when they used to dip the chocolate in the thing. Yeah. Like, why don't you just do that? Like, do that? Just take the chocolate in. Yeah. There. I. I. This peanut butter peanut butter cup. That's. Yeah. Peanut butter peanut butter cup. That's just stupid. Yeah. It's yeah. Just I, stupid. I don't. I don't think that's good at all. So there was this article on ESPN about the greatest college football players of all time. Most exciting. I'm sorry, not greatest. Most exciting, mm-hmm. which is even worse. College football players of all time. Okay. Number one was Reggie Bush, Southern Cal. Then it was Tavon Austin, Saquon Barkley, no. Christian McCaffrey, no. Johnny Manziel, no. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Braxton Miller. No. Peter Warwick. No. Michael Vick. Yeah. And Jabril Pe- Peppers. No. Peter Warwick isn't even the most exciting player in his college's history because Deion Sanders played there. I was just going to say, Okay, I could name five guys probably right off the top of my head that were better than anyone on that list. Yes. Bo Jackson. Yep. B- Barry Sanders. Yep. Deion Sanders. Yep. Uh, okay, maybe not. Doug Flutie. <laughs> sure. How about Herschel Walker? Herschel Walker. Desmond Howard. Desmond Howard. That list is awful. Is, uh, Tavon Austin is second. That's awful. Uh, that is terrible. I mean, I Mike, Mike Vick should be on the list and... You know, Christian McCaffrey, maybe, and... You know, Bush, probably not yeah, one. No. Bush down yeah, the line. Yeah, I mean, he could be on. And really L- Lamar Jackson, too. He was dynamic in college. Yeah, Tim Tebow Vic, was Vic dynamic in college. Tim Tebow yeah, was, was a phenomenal college football player. You could, you could make it an argument that he was more excited than Menzel. Absolutely. He was on the, was on the list. And I'm no Tim Tebow guy, but... No, he was, he was terrible in college. Than, than Menzel. I mean, terrible in the pros. Absolutely. But there were, there were so many... And that's just, that's just on the offense. I mean, Deion Sanders, every time he got a punt return in college, he could have brought it back. Desmond even, Howard was the same way. Yeah, even playing defensive back, Deion yeah, Sanders was more excited. every time he picked it, he could yeah. pick six. Yeah. You couldn't get him, you know, you couldn't bring him down. I mean, that's just, I, I wasn't a fan 
of that list. No, that's a all. terrible list. Bo Jackson should be one or two. Barry Sanders should be one or two. And then, yes. and then go down the list after that. Put yes. in whoever you want. I totally agree. That's uh, Ricky Williams. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams is the most, didn't he have the most yardage in history or something? Yeah. I mean, he's up there. So the Cadbury cream egg, let's get back to, to candy because that's what we're about. One of the most popular Easter candies is now available in beer form. Okay. Okay. Maybe. The UK, the UK candy maker partnered with Goose Island. Okay. Uh, I like to create the limited, <laughs> the limited egg edition. Get it? I hate uh, the cream pun. stout. I, I hate the pun. Yeah, the punny. The, the punny. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, fan of Called, that. it's the Golden Goo Beerly. Goo, go, Golden Goo, goo Beerly? Gooberly? What the hell? Gooberly? What's Gooberly? Goo Beerly? Golden Goo? That? Maybe the Golden Goo, like there's Golden Goo inside of it? The egg? Like the, yeah, like I, the cream I, part? I, I don't, I don't want to drink anything that says goo in it. <laughs> like I... <laughs> I just don't like, I just like, <laughs> listen, the beer industry is largely geared towards men. And I, and I just don't, I don't, I don't want that in the name. I don't, I don't want to drink anything remotely concerning golden goo. <laughs> I doubt. Well, this new beer is being released in honor of the 50th anniversary of the initial launch of the Cadbury cream egg. Do you like a Cadbury cream egg? I don't like I don't like that. I like the what are the little ones? You know the ones with the with yeah the yeah coating. the hard shell and the and the, the chocolate shell. the little one. Oh my god! I eat the hell out of that. I mean, a little yeah. bag of those things. Yeah. But I don't. I don't. Again, anything that goo like I don't like. I don't really like custard like a uh, the eclairs. Oh, like anything that has like again like I didn't even like those. What's that gum? Remember that gum that burst in your mouth? Oh, like, freshen just up. Exploded in your mouth. Freshen up. Freshen up. Yeah, remember that remember shit. That? I mean, that was like that was sort of disturbing. <laughs> like I don't, I don't. Uh, I like I like the eclairs, and I I I could eat like one Cadbury cream egg, but yeah. they're so so sweet. You can't yeah. you can't go yeah. back from more than like the, like the goo is, is so yeah, is so sweet. The goo is the goo is <laughs> the goo is sweet, but I I don't want to eat anything that is in that family. The goo the goo the goo <laughs> the goo family. Anything in the goo of, family of candy. No, I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't do that at all. All right, so that'll do it for the news. We will come back with Troy Barney's professional basketball player, currently playing in Lithuania. He's been overseas 10 years. We'll talk to him and do five questions with two assholes. We'll come right back right after this. Our special guest this week, professional basketball player Troy Barney's, excellent friend of the show. Troy, good to see you, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. What's going on? Hey, and any, any time at all. So you have been playing overseas now 10 years. It's a professional basketball player. What is it like? And it's been different countries. And how many countries has it been? Six. Six different countries in 10 years? Yep. Wow. That sounds about right, yep. So how, how is it like, I guess, just living, playing overseas? You know, what, what's been the better spot and, and that type of thing? And, and being probably sort of out there on an island by yourself sometimes. What, what is it like to play overseas? Uh, it's very lonely, yeah. not going to lie. You really have to love this game and be dedicated to do what I do, especially right. in Europe, because like you have no friends, no family. You live on FaceTime, you know, Zoom or Skype or whatever the case. It gets lonely, but it's funny. Like, I don't sound crazy about this, but like at the end of the day, you're working, you're getting played basketball. And like every month you obviously get paid to play. So like every month, you get paid your salary, you get paid per month. Well, at least most teams do that. 
you get your salary and you're like, okay, I understand why I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure. Like, okay, it's not all, you know, it is worth it. It, it is lonely, but uh, you get used to it. You also get to like learn more about different cultures and in, in the countries and how people run things, how people are, like what their personalities are compared to like Americans. I've been to so many different countries and in so many, I've played in so many different cities that I've learned so much. I've seen so much. This is one thing I'm going to definitely take away when I retire. Like, it's going to be crazy. I'm going to say I've been there. I've been there. And, you know, I haven't been just stuck in, you know, Auburn, Maine my whole life, you know. Uh, it's a great <laughs> opportunity, yeah. So what's it you like ne- negotiating contracts in, in all these different countries? Do you, so, are you your own well, agent or? Yeah, yeah. Long story short, uh, the negotiations go through my agent to the team, but the negotiation on my side are with my agent. So the team will offer something and then I'll negotiate with my agent and we'll figure out what's best. And then we'll throw that number back at the team. And then it'll be back and forth, bouncing back and forth until like we can agree on something. If I am super interested in going, if, if they don't have an, if they have a number that's not good enough or it's not worth it, then basically offer goes stale and I try to find somewhere else, but that's usually how it goes. So if, so has it been different now, like 10 years in the league now when you first, when you first started, you're like, yeah, shit, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take whatever you want to give me. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Maine, man. There are not many people come from Maine to, you know, play professional sports, like any sport, to be honest, it's tough coming out. So when I had the opportunity, I mean, yeah, money was a thing, but I was new to it. You know, I was like, Mm. I was in Maine my whole life. I went to school for free. I was on full scholarship and now it's like, Okay, they're gonna they're offering this much money. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, wh- what are other people making? Like, what's the difference? And they're like, well, you played, you did really well and stuff, but you kind of have to, you know, show yourself and prove that you're, you know, you're you're a guy to be worth the money. And so I was taking nothing. I think I made like thirty thousand dollars my first year, which is for overseas, that's low. And I was like, okay, hey, that's fine. I mean, for me, like, I don't pay taxes over here. So right. like it all goes in the bank, you know, right. obviously I have to spend for living the everything right. else, you know, payments for my car back home and all this stuff, it adds right. up. But in the long run, the money that I make here, I don't get taxed yeah. for my individual tax. So that's nice. And then when you gain your respect and you play well and you keep going to better teams, bigger budgets, you get more money and you just kind of add that onto your resume. And then at some point your money kind of stays the same or just goes up because of, you know, how long you've been doing it and how experienced you are. I'm at the experience level, so it pretty much stays the same at this point. Now, you're playing for Lakabalus in Lithuania right now, and with COVID, you know, how has that been dealing with COVID? I know you get tested, what, daily? I mean, you get tested Yeah, once a week, once a week. Yeah, once a week. So how has it been like, you know, in another country? Because over here, obviously, it's it's high high anxiety. It's, you know, you know what's happened to the sports leagues over here over time, but how is it like over there? The first half of the season was crazy because they were every country was, can we even do this season? Like we got to try it at least. And it's been going well for most seasons season. Everyone's going like most countries are playing. I mean, the NBA is the standpoint. If they were going to do it, Europe was going to make sure they were going to do it, you know? But the one thing about it now is um, we have to get tested at least once a week and stay, you know, negative. If we're positive, we have to be quarantined. The whole team basically has to get tested again until they have two negatives. It's basically the same as the NBA. We don't have fans like no, uh, at least our country doesn't have fans. We don't have, we haven't had fans this season yet. And I don't, I don't know, there might be an opportunity to have fans at the end of the season, but who knows? Uh, some countries are having fans like Russia doesn't give a shit at all. <laughs> right. And they're just, they're, they're, they, have fans, they have fans everywhere at the gym. Some yeah. countries are doing it, but, you know, some are playing it safe and ours is. 
So of all the different uh, countries that you've played in, what's been your favorite, your favorite place that you've played? You know, I've been all over. Let's list them out here. Um, I've been to, I started in Turkey. So I lived in Istanbul. Uh, then I went to Finland. I lived in a small city named Salo. Uh, I played, so Finland. Then I went to Latvia. I played in uh, Yakupils, another small city. And then I went to Ventspils, another small city in Latvia. And then um, from there, I went to Hungary. And I played in um, a city called Paksh for a year. And then I went to a different city in Hungary and played in Sonok, a different city. And then I went back to Paksh. So three years in Hungary, back to back. And then uh, back to Latvia and Russia and now here. And I would say out of all the places that I've played, I liked Hungary a lot. Like I did a lot. The league was good. The money was good. The weather was decent like all the time. Like we had snow here and there, but it was decent the whole season. And uh, Budapest is amazing. I think Budapest is one of my favorite cities in Europe, for sure. So I would now, say Budapest. What have you noticed about the coaching overseas and different coaches you've had? Is it, is it different? Is it Obviously, the style of play is somewhat different internationally. How, how has it been different for you uh, than playing in the States? Seeing the difference for like coaching and like management of teams, it's hard to say because in college, it's like, you know, you have your college coaches and they're like on contract and like they're there for two years, three years, whatever the case. For here, the coaches are in the same situation as us. If the team's not performing, is it the player's fault or is the coach not handling the team the way they should so they can, mm. you know, fire the coach just like right. they could fire us, you right. know? So the pressure is always there here for the entire players and coaches. So winning is the most important thing. The attitude after games is huge. Like it's completely different from when you win to when you lose because then fingers are starting to get pointed at people or management or whatever when you lose. So like I, obviously I've been over here 10 years. I've seen it all like the winning streaks and the losing streaks and how teams handle the situations and it's a mess. Teams try to make, they try to, you know, oh, this player's not playing well. Let's get someone else. This coach isn't handling this team and this team is good. Like we got to get someone else. So like- right. You can see like the pressure on everyone's shoulders, including sure. the coaches. So the players, yeah, how is it building chemistry then? Because I mean, it changes year to year. You could be in a different country. I mean, you don't have you're on the team five, six years with the same core guys, kind of thing. Yeah, it's tough. Like you want to be best friends with these guys because like they're your coworkers and you're right. you know your guy. You work with them for a full season. You you it's different when you work out with guys than when you like work with guys. Right. Like you can go sure. to a nine to five and work with a guy and say hi and whatever. But when you're like blood, sweat, and tears with these guys on the court every day, going to morning workouts, conditioning, this and that for 10 months straight, it's like you, you get a bond regardless if you're like close or not, you know, that's good. But like, the thing is you'll ever, you know, you don't make best friends with everyone, you know, like yeah. you're just sometimes you're acquaintances with teammates and sometimes you make lifelong friends. So it just depends, but you always keep cordial with your teammates regardless of the situation you have to do. It's part of being a professional. You're there for a reason. So are they. You guys got to figure it out. True. All right. So it's time now for five questions of two assholes. And Troy is very excited about it. He, he asked us if he actually had to, in fact, answer the questions. And he does. <laughs> so uh, we're going to do that right now. Let's go. All right. Question number one. Out of all the places you've been to, your favorite food ever overseas? I would say... I'm a big fan. Uh, we were just talking about Budapest. I'm a big fan of Hungary's goulash, the soup. It's mm. really good. Anywhere you go, you can get it at like a gas station. It's great. Really? Is it like a beefy broth or chicken broth? Yeah, or it's, yeah it's like a it's like a beef. Be, it could be beef or chicken, but it's like a soup. It's really good. Like it's like you can eat the soup for its own meal. It's so good. Nice. 
Uh, question number two. If you were given a hall pass to have relations with uh, any celebrity, uh, who would you choose? If I got a hall pass? Yeah. My, my wife knows that I think Margot Robbie is, is hot. She knows that. So that would probably be my answer. <laughs> there you go. Well, she's gonna, answer, I guess. Just don't <laughs> let her listen to this. Otherwise, I'm going to have an argument. <laughs> but like, uh, who is it? Everyone thinks Margot Robbie's pretty. Yeah, she is. Yeah, so yeah. she is. If I got hy- hypothetical hall pass, then by right, I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, you are, you know, heterosexual. Right. <laughs> um, all right. Question number three. Best player you have played against. I might know the answer to this. And did he, in fact, put his balls on your forehead. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Blake Griffin. (laughs) And and we're we're talking about putting balls on my head. We're talking about on the court being dunked on. Right. Dunked on. Right. Yes. Yes. Clarify. Clarify. Right. So yeah, it was weird. We played against him. It was my junior, my sophomore junior year in a a non-conference game when I was at Maine and we played against Oklahoma when he was a senior and he uh, was disgustingly nasty and no one could stop him. We played against him in a non-conference game. We had an ESPN game. So yeah, all eyes on us. And all balls on my face. Yeah, I mean, hey, you you came you came over for the help. You're being a good team. Defender. We played we played two free zone against Oklahoma, <laughs> and they just did a high low. His brother, I think, was the one that flashed to the high po or the the um, free throw line, caught the ball, bounced past the Blake Griffin in the short corner, which I was guarding at the time. He was behind me. He caught the ball off the bounce, I think, and just dunked it. And I went to go block it, wow. but because I got bodied and got dunked on, what would have happened if I actually blocked him? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That yeah, would have been a big thing. You, you, you take the chance. Yeah. It didn't work out. I, but. That was the white boy thing to do with me. It was. It was. I mean, that would have put you on the map for sure. Yep. All right, number four. So <laughs> have you ever learned to swear in any other languages? Yes. Um, bled is basically <laughs> fuck in uh, Russian, Lithuanian, and Latvian, they all use the same swear words, oh, nice. basically. That's convenient. So, bled. Like, bled. bled. <laughs> it's fuck, yeah. I'm yeah. using it. Yeah. No, it'll know. That's tremendous. Great. All right, question five. Has anyone ever trash-talked you and you had no idea what they were saying? All the time. I guarantee they still do. <laughs> like, it's in one ear, not the other. I'll hear them talking in their language. I mean, mo- mo- most guys in, in the professional leagues can speak English. They have teammates like me that are English speakers only. Right. So they most guys can. But, like, if they're talking to their teammates or whatever, or even the coaches. I've been in countries long enough where I know what the swear words are. So right. I can kind of put it together in my head. And I'm like, that kid's talking shit. He's talking shit. <laughs> right. So... I'm kind of glad that I don't hear it, so it won't right. affect me. Not that right. it would, but, you know, right. I'm sure it's happened a thousand times. I'm sure it has. Well, that's, that's good. That's our, that's our five questions with two assholes segment. Awesome, awesome to talk with you. Good to, good to have you on the program, and, and hopefully you get to play for many years to come. I'm trying. I keep my body as best as possible. I, summertime, I do what I have to do. During the season, I bust my ass, but, you know, you never know. Like, you can put a goal on anything, and it could run out, so who knows? Yeah. Well, best of luck. Be safe over there, and I'll see you this summer. I hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for having me on. And thanks again to Troy Barneys. Been a great friend of mine for a long time. Played overseas 10 years now, and he's in Lithuania. We had lots of fun talking to him. So really good to have him on the podcast. And it is now time, Smitty, to do another fuck out of here. We brought it back last week, and we're bringing it back again with a very, very important topic to talk about. We are. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah.
And yeah. it is the gutless, spineless piece of garbage <laughs> that is Tom Wilson. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yes, Tom Wilson of the Washington Capitals. Again, one of the biggest. There's not many goons around anymore that take cheap shots like him. But he is like an old school cheap shot artist. He is. The Mighty McSorley type. Like he's like the old school cheap shot guy. The uh, Who was a Dale Hunter type Dale of Hunter. guy. Yeah. And he cheap shotted. Brandon Carlo targeted his head, bounced it off the glass. Yeah, just drove his head right in full weight, oh, yeah. drove his head right full into weight. the glass and yep. uh, got no penalty call on it yeah. as well, which is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. They show an angle from center ice that he absolutely could have hit the body and just chose not to. He went right. directly for his head and uh, yeah. he, he'll have a hearing. By the time our podcast comes out, we might have uh, whatever the discipline is, but we probably won't be able to air it by then. But Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, he's been suspended four times, once for more than 20 games, or it was 20 games, been mm-hmm. fined over a uh, over million dollars. So mm-hmm. he is a, just a piece of trash, and he, he, uh, he runs around, and if the referees don't keep the games in check, you know, stuff like this happens, and we hope Brandon Carlo is okay. Uh, but he did not look did not look well at all going off the no. ice. And that's that's something with Carlo is still relatively he's his fifth season, I think. He's still relatively young in his career to get a major concussion like that, which is probably major. I think he uh, has he's had he's now. he's had a concussion previously. So yeah. I mean yeah, that, that gets a little dangerous. It does. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. does. Uh, and his contract will be up at the end of the year as an RFA. You know, that could be something that is taken into consideration by teams when they're in the Bruins specifically when they negotiate with him, but uh, Tom Wilson has been playing with Alex Ovechkin. So his numbers are a little skewed. So people think that he's more of an offensive player than he is. Cause he plays with Ovechkin uh, largely or on that, or on that team, Backstrom, whoever, uh, and has put, you know, has scored some goals and such, but he, he is, he's just, he's just useless. I mean, that's just useless. That, that hit, even though it's along the boards is similar to a blind side, like a Matt Cook hit because he's not, it's from the peripheral. He's not, Carlo is not seeing it coming and he hits him from the side and hits him directly in the ear. Yeah. I mean, if you're engaged in, in board play with someone else and some other guy just comes in and just runs you from behind, I mean, you, you're yeah. not going to see that coming. Like there, no. pe- people would like, you know, caps people, you know, defending the hit. Oh, he looked down. He wasn't targeting the head. It was shoulder. And then ended up through the head after that. I mean, his no. hands were tucked in, but his hands, he extends and pushes his hands up into his head and bounces it right. off the glass. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah, in other words, the, the, the shoulder, if it's, if it's Brandon's shoulder, it's not, it's not, it's not restricting the, the head at all. It's like he, he no. probably, he might have grazed it, but it's not, I mean, he was going for the head. Absolutely it was. It was malicious and intent. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then the good, the good thing about it was Patrice Bergeron after they scored going over to the penalty box and chirping a little bit. And then Brad Marchand said you know, some things during the, the, after the game there. So the hit was uh, towards the end of the first period. During the intermission, Marchand uh, was interviewed by Sofia Djurkstovic. And yeah. uh, he said that it was a bullshit play and a fucking dirty. <laughs> and they had to bleep him on the nest. Like he was pissed. They had to bleep him yeah. on the Nesson on the broadcast. They did. And uh, so they came out 
of the intermission and, and Bergeron went over to Wilson while he was stretching, getting ready for the second period and had a conversation with him at that point. And then Wilson ended up fighting uh, Jared Tenorti uh, early in the second and the Bruins scored three goals while Wilson was in the penalty box serving the fighting major with Tenorti. Uh, so at one point Bergeron went over to the box and tapped on the glass for Tenorti and was like, let's go. You know, Tenorti's only been here for, for a couple games. So he was kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, thanking him for stepping up and, and, uh, you know, firing up right. the boys and everything. And then Trent right. Frederick went with Wilson, uh, later in, in the game. And, and mm-hmm. so they have, uh, something developing there too. Yeah. So I, I think that it was good to have Tenorti there. I mean, Tenorti's been I mean, he was a he was a first round pick who really hasn't panned out. He's played like eighty two career games. I mean, he hasn't been all that much. His dad was a far better player, but he uh, he's a big boy, and he's he's been brought in to do just that because too many runs have been taken at Pasternak recently. Yeah, and then this run at Carlo was another one. The timing was good that they had Tenorti so he could do it. And Trent Frederick's been a good, you know, I want to say enforcer type, but more of a pest uh, type for them, which is a per- some of the personality that they've been lacking on the team. So that's helped them too. Uh, and Frederick isn't able to add a little something offensively too, which is good. But Wilson's a complete joke of a human being. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking it's probably going to be. I'm going to guess ten games, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was six or eight, just because there was no penalty on the play. No, there was no penalty on the play. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be short. So I think it, it'll probably be in the six or eight range because he yeah. hasn't he hasn't been uh, suspended since 2018 so i guess that clears like the the past oh, it's like uh it's if, like a driving record <laughs> right yeah. so if after right. a certain amount of time if you haven't been guilty of something they kind of wipe it away so wow. i think it's going to be less than it probably should be i think it should yeah. be 10 to 20 games but i think it's going to be like six I'd, I'd, you know what you know i'm gonna i'm gonna work on this i'd love to get trent frederick on to talk about this and other stuff like this because i think he'd be he'd be good to talk to because he's been a real He's been a real sort of pesky player that's been adding a little bit of pugilism. He has. The Bruins yeah. actually have, have nine fighting majors, which I believe is third in the league. Frederick's fought like three times, but they've had mm. a bunch of different right. guys have all stepped up and fought. So it seems that's like good. they're not going to back down when people you know, take runs. And it was nice to see them do it on the scoreboard, just sure. shove it right up his ass. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And Frederick to score. Yeah, and nice. Frederick Frederick scored, and and yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was nice to see. It was nice. It to really see. was, and and it's and they've been playing against the playing better against the Capitals this year, so that's been a thorn in their side over the years. So, and it's something that wakes them up a little bit. They they were five four and one in their last ten, kind of just been average, and uh, maybe this will wake them up a little bit and get them going for a for a nice stretch here, and then the crowd will be coming in soon. So maybe that'll let a little bit of a fire under them. Yeah, so hopefully. Good. I mean, their defense is really depleted now. It is. I mean, they just got yeah. Grizzly back, but, you know, Carlo's out, Lazan's out, uh, right. Kevin Miller's still out. So, you know, they're missing a decent amount of their, their top six. Right. They're playing with, sure. you know, more backup caliber players. But hopefully they can uh, get on a little run. Yeah, absolutely. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. All right, so that was our fuck out of here for this week. And we are done with episode nine of season two. Uh, we appreciate everybody joining us again this week on the podcast. It's many another uh, stellar effort across the board. Yeah, I mean, that's what we do. We're so professional at this now. It's just like, I'm going to do this in our sleep now. We've had eight We've had eight consecutive episodes with a guest. It's a that's new record. Good. Is it? Yeah, it's a record. It's, a long, it's the most episodes in a row we had a guest on. 
is that uh, like a Guinness record or just a record for us? It, it is. It is. A, it is. A, no, it's not the world record. No, <laughs> it is a record in Foxborough, Massachusetts, maybe. <laughs> but it's not the uh, world record. That that would be a lot more than that. I think we'd have to do this for a long, long time, and we may, because in the grand scheme of things, what the hell else do we have? I mean, we so. really don't have anything else to do most nights. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't. We really don't. We we don't have much to do at all. Uh, nor to look forward to. So, yeah. thanks again, everyone. And uh, we'll see everybody again next week. Thanks a lot. Bye.